Uh, you can follow along this morning in the bulletin. You can follow along this morning on Version if you wish. As you probably are aware, we are launching, uh, as we move into this new year, the All In Initiative, which is um, this project to get this congregation together reading through the entire Bible in 2016 as a family of faith. I am very excited about what I know God is going to do through this, the spiritual growth He's going to bring, the, the messages He's going to uh, deliver to us as a church and also to uh, individuals here on our discipleship journeys. Very exciting stuff. In just a few minutes, I'll kind of walk us through, let's call it the, the all-in user's guide for 2016. Before we do that, though, we want to kind of set things up as we move into this experience that we're going to have together in 2016. FYI, the verses that we'll be using this morning, all of them come from readings. If you've been doing the readings the last three days or the first three days of 2016, you will have seen all of these verses in these readings that we're going to be referencing this morning. So, as the Bible opens, as this great story uh, opens of God and the creation and, and, and people and what He wants to do through us, um, we see not only who God is, His power, His creativity, um, but we also see ourselves in the story and the uniqueness that God has given us in all creation. First off, that we have these relationships with Him and that we have been given the opportunity to have relationships with each other. We see that we are made in the image of God. Nothing else in the created world has the stamp of God so personally and powerfully on it uh, as do human beings. So the Lord didn't just, um, he didn't just create this magnificent universe and then check out. He didn't just create the galaxy and spin it and let go and say, I'm done here. Um, he got involved personally because of us. He wants us to thrive. He wants us to flourish. He wants us to grow up into the amazing vision He has for us, humanity. Um, and that's what we find in the very beginning pages of Scripture. Uh, the very first chapter of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, um, God makes everything, it's all good. He says, it's good, it's good, it's good. When He makes humans, it says, it was very good. And He put His, His image on us, a little of Himself, into us. Um, so we are, you are, we are, tailor-made to experience life with God, fellowship with God, and fellowship with with other people made in the image of God. And we are tailor-made to dream and envision and, and, and imagine and create and do big things because we're made in the image of a God who, who imagines and creates and does big things. We're tailor-made to be blessed and to be a blessing in the created world. We are tailor-made to to thrive, to flourish. God has given us absolutely everything we need to thrive here in this world. Now, one reason that we know that God didn't just wind up the galaxy and set it to spinning is that God chose to speak to us. 
Uh, now, he could have just spoken through the wonder of the created world, through the mountains and the seas and the, and the stars at night, but he chose to actually reveal through speech his vision for us. So in the Bible, he speaks. In the beginning, he spoke to Adam and Eve. To us today, through the Bible, he speaks. Now, he didn't have to, right? God didn't have to speak. Could have just wound it up, let it go, and stood back and watched. Um, didn't have to interact with us. Uh, engage with us, but because he is a God of love, a God who longs to be in relationship, and by the way, existed in relationship, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit since forever, but he is a relational God. He spoke to us, uh, made in his image, words of wisdom, uh, words of insight, words of love, words of comfort, words about our destiny to live forever with him, where we're headed in the future. So God spoke. That's one of the ways we know that he cares about us and is involved in our lives. So in the beginning of Scripture, we also see that we have an enemy, right? The devil, Satan. We know that from the very beginning pages of Scripture as well. Now, there are a lot of different ideas and theories and, and perspectives on the origins of Satan and what is that all about. We won't get into all that this morning. But what we can know from Scripture is that the Scriptures tell us God has an enemy and we, made in the image of God, also have this same enemy, Satan. Now, since God is far too powerful for Satan to personally take on um, directly. Since God is out of his league, Satan has chosen to do the next best thing. He is going to attack that pinnacle of creation, that part of the created world that bears the image of God, and that would be us. That would be you and me. Um, so he said about... And we see this even in the first three chapters of the Bible. He is set about attacking people. God wants us to thrive. God wants us to live in his blessing. God wants us to grow up in this vision he has for us. Satan wants for us to diminish, to wither, to atrophy. God wants for us to live in his blessing. Satan wants for us to live under the curse. So what's wrong with our world? I like that question, first of all, because there are very few things that people can agree on, right? We can't even agree on the same uh, political candidate. We can't agree, even agree on which soft drink is the best. For my wife, it's Dr. Pepper. For me, it's Diet Coke. We can't agree on very basic things. But one thing we can all agree on, whether you're a Muslim or a Christian or you're Jewish or you're an atheist or you're Buddhist or whatever, we can all agree something's wrong here, Okay. Something is wrong with the world. So what is wrong with the world? Well, the Bible tells the story and tells it from the beginning. What's wrong with the world is that there are these two visions, these two plans that are at odds with each other, that are in, in constant conflict. The blessing versus the curse. Life 
versus death. Good versus evil. Light versus dark. Satan versus God. So the blessing versus the curse. This is the first thing I want you to see there on the outline this morning. And write this down. In the beginning pages of Scripture, we learn that God longs for us or longs to bring us into abundant life and that the enemy wants to lead us away from God and from his marvelous plans to us. To paths, if you will, to plans, life, blessing, thriving, abundance, withering, dying, destruction, separation from God over here. Just pay attention now to the verbiage used in Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 to 29. There are three different verbs. Listen for these. It says, God created, there's our first verb, God created man, he created us in his own image. And in the image of God, this is so important, it repeats, in the image of God, he created him. And God, second verb, God, so he created, and God blessed. God blessed them. God wants us to be blessed, okay? That's his plan from the beginning. God blessed them, finally, and God said to them. Final verb, God spoke. God said to them. Um, so he blessed us. That means he set us up with everything we need to thrive and flourish in the world. Um, he, he created us. That's an amazing thing to be created in the image of God. Wow, I mean, I can't even imagine all the implications of that. But he also spoke Okay. He said to them, um, God communicates with us, right? Um, because he wants to help us walk in the blessing. He wants to keep us in rhythm with the Spirit of God in the world. He wants for us to, to learn about our sinful nature. He wants us to learn about Jesus, his Son, who he sent to redeem us to pay the price for our sins. He wants us to learn about our not only our creation, but our adoption as sons and daughters into God's own family. He wants for us to see the hope that we have in Christ beyond the grave. And so he speaks. He communicates with us. Now, the enemy saw in the beginning, the enemy saw his opportunity here. And this is one of the key strategies that the enemy continues to use in your life, in my life, today. This is God loves people and God spoke, but what if the enemy could get us to question what God says? Hmm. What, what if God could get us to or what if the enemy could get us to doubt the word of God, the voice of our loving creator? That would be the quickest and cleanest way, Satan imagined, to drive a wedge between us and God and the vision, the wonderful vision that God has for us. So check this out. The first words the devil says in the Bible, the very first four words he speaks are recorded for us in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Here they are. Did God really say? It's a question. He's asking Eve. Did God really say that? 
Now, God had given this, them this, this boundless freedom, billions of choices. Um, I've created you. Enjoy the garden. Enjoy the fruits. Uh, exercise dominion, authority in the created world. Um, eat from the tree of life and continue to live. Only one restriction, only one rule. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Essentially, don't try. The one thing you don't want to do as a human being is try to take my place. Try to, try to be God. That's the one thing God asks us not to do for our own good, to protect us, to keep us in right relationship with Him, with each other, and with the world. Don't think you are God. And so Satan says to Eve... Are you sure he really said that? I don't think he said that. He gets her, first off, first strategy of the enemy is to get her to doubt the word of God and to get Adam to doubt the word of God. If he can do that, he has separated them from this voice, from this orientation toward the life of blessing. And he's able to separate them from that. So here's the question. That was asked there in the garden. Satan asked it. It's one that is still being asked of us in this room today. Here goes on your outline. Will we seek God's will for us so that we may walk in abundance? Or will we doubt his word and walk away from our creator? That was the question for Adam and Eve. We know the choice they made. No, we're going to go ahead and eat from this other tree that God said not to eat from because we think we know better. Result? Well, back to our question, what's wrong with the world? Sin entered the world, corrupted the world. The mayhem that we live in in the modern world and from the beginning of time, essentially, that's the result of that decision to doubt God's word and to go their own way. So, I think we live in a time and a culture, well, I don't think, I know we do, when words like authority, words like obedience, they aren't real appealing to a lot of people. And I think that it's time that we redeem these concepts because they are essential to us. If we are to rediscover what it looks like to live in the blessing of God, in rhythm with the Spirit of God. Why? Because His Word, His authoritative Word, it is not a curse. It is not intended to bind you up and ruin your life. His word is one of the greatest gifts God has ever given to you. Because his word is a tool God uses to keep us in the middle of his blessing. Whether it's your marriage or your finances or your career or whatever. His word is about keeping you in the middle of his blessing what hasn't changed since the Garden of Eden is this. The last thing Satan wants for you to do is take God's word seriously. The last thing he wants you to be doing is opening the word of God and reading that every day and being in tune with your creator who loves you. That's the last thing he wants you to do. Now, if you started reading through uh, the Bible with us on day one, you got to read the first song in the Hebrew songbook, Psalm 1. And what a beautiful six verses this song is. It's a picture 
really, a word picture of the woman or man who chooses to delight in the Word of God. It's a word picture of a person who when God speaks, they're doing this. They're, they're straining to hear. They're paying attention. They're taking it seriously. It's also a word picture of these two paths, right? One is the curse. One is blessing. Someone who takes God seriously. Someone who doesn't. Um, it, it's a word picture of those two different warring visions or plans for us. Listen as we read Psalm 1 together. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with the mockers. But they delight. They delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted by the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. I want that for my life. I don't know about you. But not the wicked. One way, now the other way. Not the wicked. Not plan B over here. Uh, they are like worthless chaff, scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly but the path of the wicked it leads to destruction okay so the picture that this song paints with the melody and words is of this mighty tree planted by the river its roots are sinking down into this fertile soil it is being nourished day after day by the waters of this river. The branches of this tree are heavy. They're sagging because they're laden with beautiful fruit. The, the leaves of this tree are constantly green. Obviously, this is an image of health, of, of vitality. This is a tree that, is in, that embodies what it looks like to flourish. And the winsome picture is really an image of, of that person who is connected with the Word of God. It says the person who delights is like a tree. The person who delights in the Word of the Lord. The person who is meditating on the Bible. It, it's like a tree planted by the water. So it's an image of what it looks like to have this commitment to the Word of God. Um, now, it's so spiritually nourishing, it's so spiritually refreshing to be connected to the Bible on a daily basis. Now, this is like full disclosure here. As, as some of us are starting to read through the Bible for the very first time, you're going to read through the entire Bible this year. I'm excited for you. It's going to be a great adventure. But just know this, okay? Not every day... In those 365, or this is leap years, so 366 daily readings, not every day are you going to feel goosebumps, right? Not every day are you going to read those passages and, and go, wow, this is a spiritual mountaintop experience. I can't believe this. Not every day, some days yes, but not every day are you going to sense that the Spirit of God is speaking directly into your circumstances, into your situation. Some days yes, not every day. 
but it's like a tree planted by the water. The image of blessing, of prosperity, of flourishing is not, you know, this tree was planted out in the middle of a desert, and like once a year, boom, this flood of water just descended on it. It had all the water it needed for the entire year. No. The image is this tree, it's by the riverbank. Day after day, it's in contact with the nourishment. Day after day, it's being fed. That's why it is prospering. The tree planted by the water, it's this vitality that comes from this day after day relationship with the Word of God, this long haul connection with God. So, it's the day in, it's the day out. Habits of engaging with God's truth that nourishes us, that makes us stronger, that makes us wiser, that helps us make better decisions, that makes us more Christ-like. A few years back, I, I, I read something that kind of challenged me and to think about how I was approaching the Scriptures. I mean, I've read through the Bible a few times and stuff, different translations, but, but I got into a place where I was really kind of I'd, I'd read something that someone wrote or something out of a book and think, oh, I need to go study that story, or I need to go study that. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Or I need to read that psalm again or whatever. It's great. But I kind of found myself almost like walking through a buffet table. I'd like, I'll take a little Psalm 23 here. I'll take a little David and Goliath here. Ooh, the Beatitudes, take some of that, put that on the tray here. And I found myself kind of doing this picking and choosing thing. And, and I was challenged to think differently. And so I recorded this prayer um, that I wrote in my, I wrote this prayer in my journal. I said, I said, Lord, I need to fully hear the wholeness of your truth instead of grasping at the pieces that I think I need to hear, amen. <laughs> I need the whole story. I need the whole counsel of God, not just the smattering of interesting stories and scriptures and proverbs and whatever else. And I think that is something that, I think that really resonates out of, out of Psalm 1, just being in there every day, reading the whole counsel of God. So whether you have ever read through the entire Bible before, or this is a new experience for you in 2016, um, I want you to think about several things as we get into All In together. So here we go. This is the 2016 All In User's Guide. Walk, walk through with us as we finish out our time today um, in this worship service. The first thing is this. I'm just if you've made this commitment already, and maybe you're still deciding, and that's absolutely fine to do, but if you've made the commitment, I'm going to do this, you've made that decision, I'm going to go all in on this, I, I'm, this is my plan, I'm going to stick with it, um, then what I want to ask you to do, out in the lobby, there are these two long tables, and there's this giant banner lying on those tables, and there's a bunch of stickers and a bunch of pins there. What I want you to do, if you're all in with this, is to take one of those stickers and put that on the banner, if you're comfortable doing this, I would also ask you to put like your name or your initials on there so you can remember that decision that you've made. I think it helps us to see something and say, yeah, that's my decision. That's what I'm doing. Also, um, doing that will encourage others to see that you're stepping in with them as we go into this year. So, so the sticker, not the most important thing, but a thing that could help you and could encourage other people. Uh, that's the first thing I wanted to mention about the all-in initiative this year. Now, here's specifically what we're asking you to do during 2016. We're asking for about, okay, for more or less, 
15 minutes a day, for you to commit to spending 15 minutes a day in these Bible readings, that's what it will take for you to finish reading the entire Bible in one year, about 15 minutes a day. Now, it has never in the history of time been more simple to actually do this. So let me walk through with you in the one-year Bible format several different ways that you can participate, whichever way fits best with you. The first way, of course, is just to buy a one-year Bible, actual paper Bible. You can get it on Amazon, choose from a number of different translations, um, just buy, or go to your favorite bookstore, pick one of these up, and do it that way. Or, option B, um, some of you, like me, are using your, your iPad or your phone or, or your Kindle more and more and doing e-reading. Um, buy it uh, from the from iTunes store. Uh, buy it uh, through, the, through Amazon or whatever so that you can read it on your, your, your device. You're, you're, you're going to read it electronically. That's fine as well. Obviously, that's great. Um, the way I'm going to do it this year, the way I'm going to do it, or I've started doing it so far, is through the Uversion app, okay? You know about Uversion probably. It's free. Um, you can do it on your phone or your, your tablet or whatever. Um, the Uversion app has the one-year uh, Bible, one Bible plan on it. So you can get on there, again, select different translations or whatever, and it makes it so easy. It's just, you just click on, okay, here's the Old Testament reading, boop, you read it. Here's the New Testament reading, boop, you read it. It checks that it's done, it moves you on to the next day. Also, as Yvette Harper pointed out to me, it will actually read it to you out loud. Maybe your vision is not very good. Maybe you're not a very fast reader. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe you want to use your commute time in the morning to just listen to it as you're going through traffic on 635. It will actually read it for you. Um, it's a pretty cool thing there. Uh, the final thing that I would mention is this. Um, a lot of us just really love our own Bible. You know, we've been marking it, underlining, highlighting stuff. And so we want to read out of our own Bible. You can do that as well. Every week we're going to run the readings in the bulletin. You'll see the readings for the week in that week's bulletin. Or you can pick up the guide that's in front of you, the seat back in front of you, or back at the Welcome Center. Uh, pick one of those up and just follow along and use your own Bible um, that way. So a lot of different ways. Now... I want to thank one of you sent me an email uh, a week or two ago. Very helpful email. It's like, yes, we need to say that. So thank you, Keith Martino, for this. Uh, Keith said, look, you need to tell everybody. So there's the next bullet point. He said, if you fall behind, not a problem. No need to get discouraged if you fall behind. Just pick up wherever you are. Join us wherever you are. So you've missed a month, okay? Hope not, but if you miss a month, just join in where we're at at that moment. Um, that way, even if somebody starts attending Preston Chris for the very first time in October, they can jump in with us and be a part of this journey with us as they just pick up right ever, wherever we are. So that, there's that. Um, another thing that I think is going to be something that can really help us is for us to be sharing our experiences together throughout the year. Um, pictures, photos, uh, I mean, yeah, videos of you and your family or you spending time doing the all-in. Um, your favorite passage, something you read that really touched you, just share that and you can do that through the Preston uh, Crest Facebook page or sending texts or, or in person you know, with your friends over coffee or whatever. So just encourage each other by sharing your experiences and impressions. Finally, and most importantly, pay attention. <laughs> pay attention to what you are reading. 
Okay, this is not just an exercise to say, well, I read through the Bible. Check that one. Put that on my spiritual resume. It's not just that. It, God is actually going to speak to you. Okay? God is going to speak to us. Um, God is going to draw us into the blessing. God is going to draw you in to his vision for your life. So pay attention. For starters, this means saying, hey, what is this passage? You get in Leviticus or something, you're like, what is all of this about these ceremonial laws on purity and the temple? Think about what is that saying about God? What is this passage saying about God? Then you can think, what is this passage saying about his bigger plan? Because you're going to read about individuals and individual stories and events that happen. How does this fit into the big plan of God? Last but not least... What, what, what I read today, what is it saying to my church family? What is it saying to me and my situation? We don't want to start with that question. Okay, we want to start. If you're reading Philippians, you know, what did this say to the Philippian people back in the first century? But you definitely want to get to um, what is this saying to me today? All right. Whew. Remember those dueling images in, in Psalm 1 in that very first song in the Hebrew songbook. Um, the image of life and the image of death. The image of the person who has a commitment to the word of God and the person that, that doesn't. Um, those images are so striking. There's a movement toward strength, toward stability. There's a movement toward the blessing or there's a movement away. There's a movement toward sinfulness, uh, toward instability. There's a movement toward joy and delights, or there's a movement toward disappointment and frustration, and eventually the psalm tells us destruction. Um, there are two directions that people head in. There's the curse. There's the blessing. There's the direction of life. There's the direction of death. There's the direction of selfishness, or there's the direction of the Savior. Two paths, two directions, two warring plans for your life. Something I read a while back from Basil Pennington is interesting. As he talks about the amazing gift we have of freedom, the freedom to choose, and how we have the opportunity to use that to grow in relationship to God and to his blessing. Let me just read this quote for you. He says, The most important thing is our desire. The Lord will reveal himself and enter into our lives to the extent that we believe this is really possible and, he says, we want it. Let me read that one again. The Lord will reveal himself and enter into our lives to the extent we believe it's really possible and we want it. And then he quotes Jesus. Seek. And you shall find. No one respects, he says, our freedom as completely as the Lord does. And then he quotes again. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if one opens it, I will come in. He never pushes the door open. He waits for us to open. And this is what we do. We open the door of our mind and heart for him to enter, and he will. 
Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you for creating us. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for speaking to us. Lord God, thank you for giving us life. And thank you for giving us freedom. Thank you for caring enough to communicate with us in our world so that we can move deeper and deeper into your flow, into rhythm with your Spirit, encountering the blessing, encountering the abundance that you long for us to enjoy. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, we boldly ask you to do something big this year, something God-sized here in our midst. Speak to us through your word and allow us to be drawn into your blessing. May we as individual disciples and may we as a congregation of believers at Preston Crest open the door of our hearts and minds to encounter your voice this year. We ask this confidently in the name of Jesus. Amen. I got news on New Year's Day that uh, Bill Turner, you sent me a video of David Liu being baptized. One of our friend speak readers from Taiwan was baptized into Christ on January the 1st, right up there in the baptistry. And I was thinking, you know, what better way to start the year? I think David's here. This, David Liu, are you here this morning? Yeah? Where is he? I don't have my contacts in this morning, so I can't even see. There he is. Okay. Good job, buddy. Wave your hand. There he is. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't have the contacts in, so I'm pretty much blind. But I hear you. I hear you. So I know you're here. <laughs> but what a great way, right, to start out the new year. If you've never crossed that line of faith and been baptized in the name of Jesus, we could do that today. And we'd love to help you do that. Maybe you just have some prayer concerns as we roll into this new year, some things that you want to shoulder up with some people and just say, pray over this, pray over my marriage, pray over this journey to read through Scripture. I don't know if I can do it. I'm, I'm kind of scared about this. I don't know whether to put my name on that banner or not. I don't know. Um, pr- whatever it is that, that's worrying you, that's got you concerned, um, let's just have a space here now where you can gather up with people around you, someone by your, you on the pew or family or your small group or your connection or me or one of our shepherds and just pray over that. Let's respond to God. Let's invite Him into our lives and into this year as we stand and worship together.